to the extent that is the American Bar Association Business Law Section's podcast series. Our podcasts provide general information. They aren't a substitute for legal advice from a licensed professional. We offer both standalone and serial podcasts on a variety of topics and welcome your feedback and suggestions at ababusinesslaw@americanbar.org. We hope you enjoy your selection. Hello, everyone. My name is Megan Adams. I am a judge on the Superior Court in Wilmington, Delaware, and I will be moderating today's podcast. We are so happy that you have joined us for our first podcast on the Business Courts Bench Book, published by the American Bar Association. This is the first of a series of podcasts regarding the book. We are so lucky today in our first podcast to be joined by some of the preeminent scholars on business courts in our country, along with one of the first business courts judges in the country. Without further ado, I would like to introduce the participants in our podcast today. First, Judge Newman. Judge Newman has served as a circuit court judge in South Carolina since 2000. Judge Newman is one of the business court judges in South Carolina and is a former co-chair of the Judges Initiative Committee of the Business Law Section. He is also the past president of the American College of Business Court Judges. Lee Applebaum. Lee is a partner at Feynman, Kreckstein, and Harris in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Lee is locally and nationally recognized as one of the leaders in promoting the development of specialized business courts in the United States and is a renowned historian of business courts. Lee was also a prior co-chair of the Judges Initiative Committee with Judge Newman and a co-chair of the Business Law Section Subcommittee on Business Courts for several years. Mitchell Bach. Mitch is a partner at Eckerd Siemens in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mitch was instrumental in the organization and development of the Commerce Case Management Program of the Philadelphia Court of Common Pleas in 1999 and is actively involved in the creation of other specialized business courts throughout the United States. He has held several positions in the business law section, including chair of the Business and Corporate Litigation Committee. Also on the podcast today are my co-editors of the Business Court Benchbook, Vanessa Tiradentes, a partner at the law firm of Golden Ratner in Chicago, Illinois, and actually Vanessa is the editor of the Benchbook, and Douglas Iyer, a partner at McAlpine PC in Auburn Hills, Michigan. We are going to start off today by talking about what is a business court. So I will have Lee take it away. Okay. Hello, everyone. Uh, rather than reinvent the wheel, I'm going to read you from the first page of the preface to the uh, business courts bench book, uh, where we really thought out how to describe business courts. For our purposes, the term business court encompasses an array of specialized formats for administering business and commercial cases at the state tr civil trial court level. Business courts are typically divisions, dockets, tracks, or programs within, within an existing state civil court system. They're not always. There are common elements underlying all of these business courts, binding them together under that rubric. They each have one, a specialized jurisdiction focusing on business and or commercial disputes, two, one judge or a set of judges specially assigned to the business court, and three, the same judge handling a single case from beginning to end. In practice, there are variations in jurisdiction and in the nature of judicial assignments to business courts. For example, in some courts, a specially assigned business court judge 
may hear only business court cases, while in other court systems, the business court judge may also handle non-business, civil, or even criminal cases. The one constant is a single specialized judge for a single case from beginning to end. Excellent, thank you. So the next thing we're gonna talk about is how the idea for this bench book came about. And I think we'll ask uh, Mitch and Judge Newman about this. Well, I'll defer to Judge Newman first. Okay. Very well, and hello everyone. Uh, with business course, rapidly expanding throughout the uh, country in, uh, in many states of the country. Um, questions were asked uh, among judges who handle business, business court cases about do we have a manual or the best practices and that, that one can share with, a, with another judge primarily. Uh, that question came up during the spring 2017 meeting of the uh, Judges Initiative Committee of the Business Law Section. And as we uh, discussed that during the meeting, uh, the idea come up, came up, uh, why not do a book in which best practices or uh, ideas were shared by business court judges. Uh, Judge Gail Andler, um, for a number of years, even prior to that, had been, had been collecting resources from judges across the country on best practices. Uh, and uh, the judges who were intimately involved in the judges initiative and the business courts committee uh, of the business law section, uh, all were assigned topics and uh, tasks to do and, and, and the book was created. Excellent. Mitch, any other comments from you? There's not much I can add to that except to say that this is a good example of the collaboration between uh, business court judges and, and practicing commercial litigators. Um, one of the things I've always loved about the section and um, the judge's involvement with the Business and Corporate Litigation Committee. Excellent. Um, I'm gonna move on to our next topic, which is um, how long have each of you, that is Judge Newman, Mitch, and Lee, have been, how long have you been involved in business courts? And we'll start with Judge Newman. Uh, I've been involved uh, as a business court judge since uh, 2010. Uh, South Carolina established uh, a pilot project, business court pilot project, uh, through the leadership of our Chief Justice at the time, Gene Toll. Uh, it started in 2007. Uh, I was named a business court judge in 2010 and have been serving continuously since that time. Excellent. Um, how about you, Mitch? I, I've been involved with business courts and the creation and development of business courts for at least 25 years. Um, the business law section of the ABA created an ad hoc committee on business courts, which I participated in. And when I became chair of the Business and Corporate Litigation Committee, um, we pulled that ad hoc committee in as a subcommittee and created the Business Litigation Committee, which is still functioning and is the leading pr proponent and, and sends out, disseminates information about business courts to lawyers and judges around the country 
who uh, are interested in uh, creating or improving their business courts. Um, I, I was involved in the creation of the Philadelphia Business Court. It's called the Commerce Case Management Program in 1999 um, and um, still very involved with, with, it, with that court. Yes, and thanks for all your efforts with that, too. Um, you're certainly a great resource for the ABA and others um, looking uh, into business courts and starting one and how they can be improved. So thank you. Um, Lee, how about you? How long have you been involved with business courts? Well, Mitchell's actually the one that got me involved uh, 17 years ago uh, in doing a, a paper to be presented at a program on business courts at the University of Maryland School of Law. And that paper turned into... Uh, really what's become uh, one of the seminal business court articles that was in the business lawyer through the business law section. And uh, since then, uh, really based on those efforts, pulling together everything that had happened in the 10 preceding years, uh, it's evolved into me becoming like the, uh, the business court's historian librarian. And I have, uh, I just started a blog last year where I've tried to put everything I can find on business courts in one place uh, as an, an open library for anybody who's interested. And what's the name of your blog? It's called the Business Courts Blog. Excellent. I, I might leave out the the. I think it's just businesscourtsblog.com. Okay. Yes, and you are certainly our designated historian of business courts in our section. So we really appreciate your efforts on that, and you were so helpful to us in the in the development of this book. Certainly. I'm going to move on to the next topic, which is uh, what changes do you expect to see of business courts over the next five years? Um, how about we start with Judge Newman? Well, uh, over the next five years, there will likely be an increased need for more business courts, or at least uh, certainly more judges who are capable of managing com complex litigation. Um, it's almost unimaginable, however, what, uh, what may lie on the horizon uh, given our current state of affairs. Uh, I believe that most people believe that there's likely to be an explosion of complex litigation uh, in, in involving a myriad of topics uh, and subject matters that, that will stem from our current epidemic. Uh, it's almost unimaginable uh, the extent to which that might be. Yes, I agree with you on that. Um, how about Lee or Mitch? Anything else that you all would like to add? This is Lee. Um, I, I think as Judge Newman saying, we can anticipate that at least over the next few years, maybe the dominant um, type of litigation is going to involve COVID-19 whether people are uh, trying to get out of contracts using force majeure, which is becoming a big issue, uh, commercial insurance coverage, business interruption coverage. I'm sure there's going to be thousands of these cases which fall in the jurisdiction of many business courts. Uh, M&A litigation. Uh, I think that's uh, uh, going to be, you know, a big thing in business courts. And uh, two other thoughts. One is, uh, the effect on the economy and state budgets. I'm concerned that at a time when uh, you need maybe more judges and more staff to support this expected onslaught of litigation, uh, the money's not going to be there uh, to support the business court uh, adequately. And the second thought is, I, I had read an article recently 
by a lawyer in Philadelphia named Jonathan Hugg, who was suggesting the idea that um, a business court could help create a program, and this is based on a, a 2009 program after the um, Great Recession, um, essentially having uh, almost pre-litigation settlement conferences uh, overseen by the court where uh, the parties um, are represented by counsel, or in that case, sometimes they're pro se, uh, but the court, we had um, essentially volunteer mediators and in Philadelphia, we called the Mortgage Diversion Program. It was uh, Judge Annette Rizzo's um, baby. And uh, it really helped uh, keep thousands of cases out of the court system. And, and uh, uh, lenders and, and uh, borrowers tried to work out arrangements to pay off mortgages in a different way. And, and Mr. Hugg's article was contemplating the idea that um, uh, business courts with court annexed mediators, many of whom uh, volunteer, could perform the same sort of pre-litigation mediation function overseen by business courts. So maybe that's something to look forward to. Okay. Mitch, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I would. Uh, I think the current pandemic has made future predictions very difficult. Um, but what I envision is that business courts have always been uh, on the leading edge of using technology in in conducting litigation, in both at pre-trial and at the trial stage. Um, I envision um, greater use of technology. Um, most lawyers are and judges are working remotely now. Um, I have a trial scheduled at the end of May, um, and actually the trial itself is going to be conducted through um, an online platform, um, re totally remotely. Um, that's something I never have done before, and um, I never envisioned having a trial conducted that way. But and what jurisdiction um, is that in? I'm sorry, what jurisdiction is that in? That's in, actually in the Commonwealth Court of Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, it's a case of original jurisdiction. It, the Commonwealth Court's an appellate court. It's not a business court, but um, it's on a rocket docket, very fast pace. Uh, all discoveries being conducted this month, and the trials conducted at the, in the last week of May. Wow. Um, I think that leads me very nicely into the last question that I have for us today, and that is how the COVID-19 shutdown has impacted the operation of business courts, and how do you expect this to accelerate changes in the use of technology? Um, Mitch, why don't you go ahead and get started since you were just talking about that. You said that you have a trial scheduled for the end of May, and does that include uh, witnesses also testifying remotely? Yes, so all witnesses will be t testifying remotely. Um, it's going to be, it'll be interesting. It'd be very interesting. Um, there's not much to add from what I said before. I, I, I do think, um, I remember when uh, electronic filing was, was so, uh, something totally new. Now all carts, all carts are doing it, but um, I think Ben Tennille in the, in the North Carolina business court innovated electronic filing uh, many years ago. He also conducted pretrial conferences uh, remotely. 
through the use of technology. Um, you know, all of, we're, we're doing this uh, webinar on, on a Zoom platform. I, I didn't know what Zoom was before this pandemic. And um, so we've learned an awful lot in the last couple of months. Um, and I, I do think this has taught us a lot about the value uh, and the efficacy of, of using these uh, technological innovations to make uh, litigation less expensive and more streamlined. Um, this is a, a very efficient way of, of, uh, of communicating. And uh, I think judges are, are more and more receptive. Unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but the lawyers have better technology than the judges in many cases. And uh, the, the courts are going to have to catch up to us a little bit. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right about that. Um, uh, speaking of judges, Judge Newman, what is it? How has it been like for you down there in South Carolina? Well, we have been full force ahead. Most recently, uh, using Zoom and WebEx to conduct hearings uh, remotely with uh, witnesses participating uh, remotely. Uh, I beg to differ slightly with Mitch. I, I I've discovered most recently that. Many judges are ahead of the lawyers, uh, or many lawyers, when it, when it comes to using uh, these various platforms. Uh, invariably, uh, or some difficulty we have is that um, lawyers who often attempt to participate remotely uh, do not have the latest technology, or they're not uh, as acquainted as they should be with the latest. I think the good news for those who are considering using business court or seeking to have their case in business court is, uh, as, as Mitch stated, uh, business courts have always been on the leading edge, the cutting edge of technology. Um, we have, uh, it's in South Carolina and establishing business courts, the chief justice encouraged us to use the latest and to the more, most advanced uh, technology and, and um, managing our cases. Uh, a good friend of mine whom I respect a lot, uh, Victor Vitell uh, over in uh, Dallas, uh, he, he wrote, wrote an excellent article on uh, as a proponent of remote technology and the, uh, and the fact that it should continue uh, and be implemented uh, to a much greater extent uh, being from a state as big as Texas and uh, he questioned the need to travel from El Paso to Houston or, or similar distances uh, to do a pretrial hearing, status conference, or, or other things, that can be done remotely. And I think with all other um, mediums that we're discovering, uh, remote technology is here and it will be used to a much greater extent, I think, in uh, litigating our cases. I think you're probably right about that, Judge. Uh, Lee, how about you? Anything that you'd like to add? Uh, just that I think uh, business courts are like other courts in the sense that some have really been uh, very proactive in using cutting-edge technology. I think, as Mitchell mentioned, Judge Tennille, who literally you know rode the circuit like in the old days. He was in one place, but he covered the whole state or parts of a large state. So he was using video technology you know, very early on, you know, over a decade ago. And there's some courts 
where, uh, for example, most recently in New York, uh, last year there was a push to use more um, remote video technology and as a new rule, and I don't think that had been approved. So um, with the pandemic, uh, everybody's going to have to move forward and whatever doubts or hesitations uh, judges or court systems had who didn't have um, more cutting-edge technology in place, uh, they're going to do it. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, lastly, I'm going to ask Vanessa and Doug if they could share with us what's happening in their jurisdictions. Vanessa is in Chicago. Could you just uh, let us know what's happening with you, Vanessa? Sure. Um, thanks for having us join in organizing this, Judge Adams. It's phenomenal, and I think it's a great way for people to learn about our amazing book. Um, here in Chicago, the courts are still closed currently. Only emergency motions are being heard via video, and I think all of our panelists have really hit the, the nail on the head as far as what the future is looking like. I certainly think there's going to be a bigger push for use of technology in the courtrooms. Unfortunately, at least in the circuit court of Cook County, um, they were not as adept with the technology. I think individual judges might be more familiar, but the courtrooms certainly were not as set up. So that's posing a much bigger challenge than I think most people anticipated and explains why we're not having you know, routine motions heard at this juncture. Um, but I've read that that is up and coming because I don't think people can wait that long to have cases heard. They also did recently amend the Illinois Supreme Court rules so that it permits video depositions. The, the old rule didn't really allow for that to happen. So certainly there is change, and I think it's going to be something that we all continue to do since nobody really knows how things are going to work out in light of the pandemic and when we'll return to some sense of normalcy. Yeah, it sounds like maybe perhaps forced change, but change that probably needed to happen in any event. Right, uh, right, for sure. Doug, how about you? What's happening in your jurisdiction? In Michigan, uh, each of the uh, circuit courts seem to have its, its own orders that have uh, slight variations between all of them. Uh, by and large, the business courts are hearing emergency motions as well as taking video uh, conference hearings for, for some summary, uh, we call it summary disposition, but a summary judgment motions. Uh, and some courts, you know, based upon the judge's uh, decision and discretion, is hearing some motions through video conference and deciding others uh, without hearings. I have had all of my status conferences uh, adjourned or decided based simply upon the, the, uh, the uh, joint uh, pretrial statement that's filed. Um, but I just had a TRO hearing this morning, and I have a preliminary injunction hearing set for the end of the month that I'm uh, interested to, to find out if the court is going to allow uh, live evidentiary uh, testimony, which is um, as common on a preliminary injunction hearing, and if so, how we are proceeding. But I think, by and large, Michigan has not embraced the use of technology. We didn't have any courts that allowed uh, a call-in system for, for any court hearings previously. Uh, and I would expect that we're going to see some changes in that, at least over the short term.
then I expect that those changes will, you know, catch on in, in certain aspects. Certainly, I think you're probably right about that. And I think, like I had talked about with Vanessa, there'll probably be some forced change to make sure the, the trains keep moving, so to speak. Uh, well, that's all we have for today. I just want to thank everybody again for joining us in our podcast. And again, thanking Judge Newman and Mitch and Doug and Vanessa for participating today. Just to give you a preview of some other topics that we'll be discussing in future podcasts. We have case management in the business court, discovery management, including electronic discovery, court adjuncts and appointments, such as mediations and receiverships and special masters. We'll also be discussing other recurring legal issues, such as um, non-solicitation covenants and non-disclosures and business divorce. And finally, we'll be talking about settlement and ADR along with trial. So we're very much looking forward to you all joining our podcast in the future. And I hope that everyone is staying safe and healthy during this time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the ABA Business Law Sections podcast series, To the Extent That. The section offers a robust collection of content. To explore more about this topic or to learn about joining the section, visit ambar.org slash bizlaw. That's B-I-Z-L-A-W.